Well, today our uh, nation celebrates um, the political and the social, economic and religious freedom that we have uh, as, a, as a country and we live as Americans. Because it was on this day, July 4th, 1776, that the Second Continental Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence. And that's what we celebrate today. I read an article uh, yesterday that said, uh, uh, was like, Half our country doesn't, under, doesn't know why we celebrate the 4th of July. Let me tell you, it's because we adopted the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776. And uh, that declaration was a Declaration of Independence adopted by the, the Congress from the tyranny of King George in England. And you know, our founding fathers sought to create a government that would grant its citizens freedom while protecting their rights and their liberties. And the American colonies uh, fought a war with England to win freedom from tyranny, freedom to determine the course of this nation without interference from any other countries, from any other political or social powers. Freedom. And in winning the war, America gained its freedom, and for the last what would that be, uh, 234 years, um, I can still do math in my head, we remained free. Freedom wasn't handed to us, was it? It took a fight. And since that time, maintaining that freedom has been an ongoing struggle. But today, we as Americans no longer serve the Queen of England, nor do we obey the laws of the British Parliament. We're free. The colonists made many sacrifices. I'm sure many of them gave everything they had to secure the freedom for this nation. And, and I am proud of their efforts. And I, am, uh, I thank them for their effort to secure our freedom for all those people through all the many years since that have continued to fight for freedom. But you know, their success and their sacrifice, as great as it was, pales in comparison to the war for freedom fought roughly 2,000 years ago on a dusty little hill outside Jerusalem. Today's Independence Day, and I'm excited for our independence today, but I'll tell you what really excites me is that Independence Day about 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, God with us, fought a war to secure our freedom. He fought the war of all wars. And his fight at the cross and at the empty tomb secures complete freedom, not for just one nation, but for all of us and all mankind who repent and believe and accept his finished work at the cross and at the tomb. And I'm, pr I'm a proud American. I have to tell you, I'm proud of, of our country and our freedom, and I'm proud of all of those brave souls through the last 200-plus years that have fought and secured and died for our freedom. But I'll tell you what, I'm more excited and I'm more proud to be a follower of Jesus Christ this morning. His victory is our true Independence Day. Amen? Well, Jesus Christ established our freedom, and he, he won the fight. The war's over, but you know what the sad thing is? It's kind of an irony. The sad thing is that even though Jesus Christ has secured 
freedom for those of us who believe in Him. Sometimes we continue to live in bondage. Sometimes uh, we say that we're free. Our words say I'm free, but then sometimes I live as a prisoner. I still live in bondage. We say we believe and we know that we're free, but sometimes our actions betray our words. I think, some, I think we believe that Jesus can give us salvation, that He can save me from hell, that He can take me to heaven someday, streets of gold, gates of pearl, eternally with Him, praise God. But sometimes I don't think we believe He's able to save us daily from the bondage of sin. You know, a comparison would be after the 13 colonies won that war for freedom and drove the British off of our shores and back to England. Once the war was over, they would continue to live under the rule of King George and under the rule of the British Parliament. It's kind of the same thing. We are free today. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, if you've repented of your sins and believed in your heart, that Jesus is who He says He is, and you've accepted His free gift of salvation, Jesus declares you free. You're free right now, today. And the freedom He provides applies to every area of our life. Not just for my future destiny, but for my living right here today. You were created to live free. Every one of us in this room were created to live free from sin. You know, in fact, you were created for a higher purpose. Your higher purpose is to live, to glorify God, and to enjoy Him fully forever. That's the chief and highest end of man. And that's why you were created today. That's why you exist. That's why I exist. That's why we're alive, to uh, enjoy God forever and to live for His glory. And the obvious question that we might want to ask ourselves this morning is if Jesus sets us free, what is He setting us free from? And what is He setting us free to be? I think the freedom that Jesus gives is this. First and foremost, He gives us freedom from the search for truth. You don't have to search for truth anymore because Jesus Christ is truth. Amen. He is truth. We're free from Satan's chains, from the bondage of sin. We're free from the eternal spiritual separation from God, that eternal death. We're free from the prison of sin. We're free from fear. Free from self-doubt. From other people's expectations. We're free from worry and free from anger and free from hopelessness and free from fear. We're free this morning. Jesus Christ declares us free, and that's what He frees us from, the bondage of sin. And He frees us to a glorious new liberty, a liberty to be who He's created us to be, a liberty that we can live for His glory and enjoy Him. And as followers of Jesus Christ right now, in this room right now, you are fully capable and able to live free for Jesus Christ and His glory. If you really believe, in your, if you really believe that in your heart, I think... You live to, to make much of Jesus, to declare His fame, to live for His glory because you're free to live out the joy and the peace and the love that only comes from Him. Man, that's independence. That's freedom. Paul said to the Galatians, he said, Stand fast 
in the liberty with which Christ has set you free. And don't be returned again unto bondage. You're free. Understand what that means and stay free. You know, before, before we began to live for Jesus, before I became a follower of Jesus Christ, every word I said, every thought I thought, every deed that I uh, would do were all based in self-serving and self-motivated desire and sin. I was a bondage. I was in bondage to sin. I was a slave to sin. I had no choice but to sin. But now that I have Jesus Christ... In my life, I am free. I am free. Sin now becomes a choice. I don't have to sin. But when I sin, it's because I choose to. You know, the power of sin is lies. And the bondage in a Christian's life is the direct result of believing lies. The truth is you're free. You don't have to believe the lies anymore. Your bondage isn't your behavior. Your bondage is believing the lies that lead to your behavior. What you believe is exactly what you behave. And Jesus Christ made a declaration of freedom this morning. And he gives us the ability to be free because he dispels lies with truth. And we're going to look at a passage here right now that is probably very familiar to you. And maybe even as I'm saying this, some of the words of this passage might even be coming to your mind. If you take the notes out of your worship folder there, the scripture is right there at the top. John chapter 8. Jesus Christ, here's his declaration of independence. It begins in verse 30. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son set you free, you will be free indeed. Amen? Yeah. I love that. This is one of the most uh, pivotal, pivotal passages in the Gospel of John. And I think it's a key passage on true freedom, true salvation, and true discipleship. Because here Jesus defines real discipleship based in truth that leads to freedom. You know, he begins by... Uh, telling us what a true disciple is. He says, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. And that word uh, translated truly here, alethos, it means real, solid, truth, something you can depend on as being true with no doubt, with no deceit. He's saying, you'll truly be my disciples, not false disciples, not hidden disciples, not concealed disciples, misled disciples, but truly my disciples. Can there be false disciples? Can there be people who think they are followers of Jesus Christ and are not? You bet. Matthew 7, Jesus said, On that day, 
Many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we cast out demons in your name? And didn't we do all these great things in your name? And he said, I'm going to say to them, sorry, I don't know who you are. Depart from me. Those people that come to him believe they are followers of Jesus. They believe that they're disciples. They've done all these great things in his name. But they aren't alethos. They're not true disciples. Jesus describes in this passage what a true disciple is and what that leads to. Freedom. Are you a true disciple of Jesus this morning? Are you walking in the liberty and the freedom that he has provided for you? I hope so. In those areas of bondage that you have, you might be struggling with some area of bondage this morning. Well, just know that, that, that the root of that bondage is a lie, a lie from the enemy. And Jesus dispels lies. Jesus was finishing, in this passage, Jesus was finishing his ministry on earth. He's only uh, a few months away from his crucifixion and he's beginning to wrap up his earthly ministry. And You know, he's presented himself to Israel through his miracles and through his claims and through his teaching and through his deeds. And uh, his declaration of who he is was pretty much dismissed and rejected by by the leaders of Israel and and the people. And here in this passage, the the Pharisees are debating Jesus, trying to uh, invalidate his message. But it says in verse 30 that some began to believe in him. It says that as he was speaking, many believed in him. It doesn't say they believed unto salvation, but that they were beginning to believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And he's aware of this belief in their lives, so he begins to speak directly to that group of people, attempting to move them from this infant faith belief, this beginning belief, into full salvation and freedom. And it doesn't work because, you know, we see later in the chapter that, it really, that they don't really believe. But Jesus reveals to them in this conversation some steps to freedom. He lays out four steps toward freedom. Jesus speaks to these people of how to be free. And I want us to think about that this morning because I think he's speaking to us on how to be free. Verse 31, 32, Jesus says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Step one, that very first contact point of faith, is to believe the truth. Believe the truth. And the belief Jesus is referring to here is not just accepting facts about him or believing he's a historical figure or even maybe living by some of the good lessons for life that he would teach, or even making Jesus a part of your life. No, Jesus is life itself. It's believing that. The lie of bondage at work here in this uh, infant belief is that I can really get along without Jesus. I can really do it by myself. But the truth is, without him, we're hopeless. So the belief that Jesus is describing here is a confidence beyond all doubt that he is who he says he is. That he did what the word of God says he did. That you are exactly who he says you are through his word. And that he's worthy of my total devotion and my heart. 
In fact, He's the reason I can be alive. He's the reason I exist. And without Him, I have no hope. Believe the truth. That's step one. Believe the truth. The Pharisees had a belief here that these people had a belief that was was a weak non-belief. Because it says in verse 30 that they believed in Him. But down in verse 45, Jesus says, I tell you the truth and you don't believe in me. When I tell you the truth, you don't believe. Let me tell you this morning, true belief sticks. True belief in Jesus sticks. And Jesus says here, if you believe in me, your life is going to show it because you're going to continue to abide in my word. You know, there is, there is a, a belief to Jesus that we can, I can believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but I can just not commit my life to him because I don't really believe. The Bible is full of examples of people who had non-belief, weak belief, half-hearted belief. Let me give you just a couple of those. John, John chapter 6, just a couple chapters over, Jesus is preaching and teaching and doing all these things and the Word says that when they saw the signs that Jesus was doing and the miracles that He had done, they said, this is the prophet who has come. This is, this is the guy we've been waiting for. They believed, right? They believed in Jesus, right? But later in the, in the chapter, about verse 66, it says, after they heard these things, many of the disciples departed and left Him. See, these were people that were believing in Jesus as long as He was doing the magic tricks. He was performing the miracles and He was feeding them and He was doing all of these great and mighty signs and taking care of their personal needs. But when He started to ask them to do the hard stuff, carry your cross, follow me through suffering, eat my flesh, drink my blood, you've got to have, a, you've got to have me on the inside of you, you've got to be a part of what I'm doing here. When He started asking them to do the hard stuff, they got offended and they left. That's not genuine faith. That half-hearted commitment is not saving faith. Because true belief sticks. Another place, uh, Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the sower, the parable of the sower. And you remember the guy goes out and he's sowing seed and it falls on a variety of soils. And one of the types of soils it falls on is rocky soil. Seed landed on the soil and began to take root, but because the soil was rocky, it didn't get its roots down deep. And then later Jesus explains that parable and He says, the rocky soil are those who hear my word and readily accept what I'm saying and, and give some mental assent to what I'm saying and kind of believe what I'm, I'm saying. But then when circumstances come, when, when hard times come, when their expectations aren't fulfilled, when Jesus doesn't magically take all of their pain and suffering away, they get offended. And because their hearts are stony, that root has not been able to, to drive down deep their love for Jesus and dies and, and their heart for Him dies and dries up. Oh, they might still come to church. They might still serve in a ministry. They might still be active in religious things. <clears throat> but their relationship with Jesus Christ is cold. True belief sticks. Do you believe the truth this morning? In John 8, Jesus begins to talk to these people and they begin to believe on Him, but He understands that the quality of their faith was not saving faith. 
They believed on Him, but they didn't move toward Him in faith. And there are many people who are in that situation. Believing is the first step to freedom. You can't even come to Christ until you begin to believe. But believing that stops right there is meaningless. In verse 31, Jesus gives the next step toward freedom. He says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Step two is to continue in the truth. I have to believe the truth and I have to continue in the truth. Now, Jesus doesn't say that continuing in the truth is a condition for salvation, but it's a manifestation of it. He says, if you continue in my word, then you're my true disciples. It's obvious you're my disciple because you behave the truth. You believe it and you're behaving it. What you believe is not what you say. What you believe is what you behave. Jesus says it's not enough to talk about belief. You've got to show the character of your belief by continuing in the Word. James chapter 2 says, Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. He's not saying I do things to earn salvation, but what he's saying is because of what's down deep on the inside, because of what I'm believing about Jesus Christ, you're going to see it in my actions. You're going to see the way I live, and you're going to know what I believe. Jesus said you can tell a true disciple because he's someone who continues in my word. That's how you know a disciple of Jesus. Because this word continue kind of carries with it the, the idea, the meaning of obedience. And Jesus says, hear my word, believe my word, and obey. Do you believe Jesus is Lord? Obey him. No more excuses. No more holding back. Just do what he says. And freedom, the kind of freedom we're talking about this morning, comes only through obedience to his word. To the degree that you believe Jesus enough to obey his word, that's the degree that you'll experience freedom. Because what you believe is what you behave. Can I tell you a story this morning, a personal story? Um... I'm sure I can. I'm talking, you're listening, so here we go. You know, this really became real to me in my heart. Because I'd always been a follower of Jesus Christ, but I didn't really understand in my heart what, it, what these words meant. Believing and behaving the truth. And so, um, several years ago, many years ago now, something occurred in my life that really, made, that really brought this home to me and helped me to understand really what this means. Because you may not know this about me, but I, but I can be a little bit stubborn and bullheaded. Especially, yeah, seriously, I can. Especially to my wife. I hear my wife say amen. And you know... <clears throat> I would say that I love my wife, but then I would behave toward her in very unloving ways. And what my behavior revealed was that I wasn't really loving my wife, but I was loving me. And it usually came out in those times where we would have arguments. I mean, believe it or not, Jenny and I, from time to time, have a little bit of conflict. But when we first got married, early, early on in our marriage, this is kind of how it went. We would get into some kind of argument over some stupid thing. Most of the arguments we have 
are stupid things. And it didn't really matter what the issue was. I would dig in my heels, go toe-to-toe, and never back down. Why? Because I was committed to winning the argument. Didn't really matter what the problem was. I'm just stubborn and bullheaded enough to say I'm right, even if I think I'm wrong. And so we would get into some kind of argument, and you know, you, you get into that time where you're arguing and fussing, and you get to that point where, where you're done, and then the rest of the day you're in that like tense detente. You know what I'm talking about? You go through the house, you're slamming doors and slamming drawers and stomping around, no eye contact, nobody saying anything, trying to be in different rooms. There's just kind of a tension in the house. And my wife, she has such a soft heart that um, she couldn't stand it. So the day would, the, the day would continue, and uh, later in the day, you know, she would always come to me, uh, tears in her eyes, apologizing, and I would accept her apology, and everything would be fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to back down here, you know what I'm saying? Well, about that time, um, I was reading two books. One was on this idea of bondage and how that uh, we live in lies and we, 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 we're, we're in bondage to sin. And so I was, I was convicted by the fact that my anger, my stubbornness was actually sin. I wasn't willing to admit that, but I was coming to the realization that I wasn't obeying Jesus' words when he said, love your neighbors yourself. And I wasn't obeying the scripture that said, husbands, love your wives, because I wasn't loving my wife. And then I was reading another book about the same time that talked about the freedom that I have as a believer. The Holy Spirit lives inside me, just as he lives in you. The temple of God is here. The Bible says, my body is a temple. Wherever I go, it's church, okay? I'm holy. I am righteous. I want to love God with all my heart. And I want to love my neighbors myself. Because that's who I am. That's who I really am on the inside. And I'm free to be that man. Well, we were working in the yard one day. And I was in the backyard. And we were working with flowers. And Jenny comes around to kind of, you know, tell me how to do it. And I wasn't having any of that. Because I don't need my wife to tell me how to plant flowers, all right? I know how to do this. So we get into this argument, and then she goes stomping around front. And um, I'm back there working, and I'm just, you know, I'm working hard, and and I'm thinking, this is, I'm going to go around there, and I'm going to tell her this, and I'm going to tell her this, and da, 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 da. And I was was loading up. I was rehearsing what I was going to say. And all of a sudden, a voice spoke in my head and said, Claude, is that really who you are? Are you really hateful and spiteful? Do you love your wife or not? And I realized at that moment, something broke in me and I realized the truth. And I began to believe the truth in that area of my life. And I went around front, tears in my eyes. I apologized to her. We're both crying. Our marriage hasn't been the same ever since. We're closer than I could ever imagine we could be. Our home glorifies God. Thank you. (laughs) I can live free 
and love my wife, I don't have to exert my rights. I don't have to get my way. I don't have to win the fight anymore. And you know what? We don't fight much anymore, do we? Freedom. You don't have to live in any bondage area in your life this morning. Jesus Christ sets you free. A true disciple has his or her life oriented around the Word of God. And a true disciple feeds on his Word. So I believe the truth and I continue in the truth. And step three, I'm going to know the truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And what the truth is Jesus talks about here is not information. It's not facts or ideas that I might have stored in my brain. But the word he uses here is an idiom that the Jewish people used for sexual union. Abraham knew Sarah, his wife, and they had a son, Isaac. It's the kind of knowing that produces results. I will know the truth, and I will give birth to behavior, and I will behave the truth. And that's what Jesus is saying this morning. You want freedom? Know the truth. Believe the truth. Continue in the truth. And know the truth. And how do I know the truth? How does truth come into my life? Well, truth comes three ways. First of all, Jesus Christ is truth. He is truth. He's the truth behind all truth. Knowing Him personally is the first revelation of truth. You know, there are things I don't understand. I I don't understand how the universe works. I don't understand how the planets all spin and mathematical precision but i know who made the universe because i know him i know the plan behind that i know truth the second way truth comes is through the holy spirit living in each one of us as believers is the holy spirit and he teaches me truth through my circumstances and through my interaction with people through my life he 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 leads me and guides me into all truth And the third way I can know truth, Jesus is truth and His Word is truth. And He's given me a prime textbook on truth right here. The Spirit reveals the intent and the message of the Word of God. And the Spirit differentiates this book from all other books that's ever been written. This is the Word of God. Paul wrote that this Word is foolish to those that don't believe it or don't have the Spirit of God in them because they don't believe it. But for me... I know this I know this is truth. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Praise God. This is truth, amen. <clears throat> and have you ever read have you ever read a passage of scripture in the Bible? And maybe you read it today and you come back like next week and you read it again and it has a different meaning. How does that work? I mean it's the same book, same pages, same words, but it means something different to me. That's the Holy Spirit teaching me and leading me in the truth of God's Word. That's the Holy Spirit in you, brother, when He leads you into all truth. And so from His Word, I gain insight into who He is and what He asks. And I I get answers to all those universal questions of why am I here and what's the meaning of life. From His Word, I know who I am and I know where I've been and I know where I'm going. And let me tell you, that's freedom. That's freedom, freedom from bondage. I can live for His glory no matter what, the circumstance. Well, Jesus made a declaration of freedom and then He backed it up by winning a war on the cross and at the empty tomb. And He says, you want to be free? You want to be free from the bondage of sin? You want to be free to live as I've created you to live? 
Believe the truth. Continue in the truth. Know the truth. And finally, experience the truth. Experience the truth. You know, when Jesus tells these people they can be free, they respond by saying, hey, hey buddy, listen. We are sons of Abraham. We're not in bondage to anyone. What are you talking about? This freedom stuff. And Jesus replies to their absurd claim and he says, listen, you don't realize it, but you're a slave to sin because you're practicing sin. There are areas in your life that you're living in sin. You're practicing sin. You're in bondage to sin. Are there any areas in your life today that you're a slave to sin? I mean, let's think about it. The things you have to control are those things that control you. Jesus said, know the truth and believe the truth. What you believe is not what you say, it's what you behave. And the things you have to control in your life are those things that are controlling you. And those are the areas of your life where you have bondage. And toward the end of this passage, Jesus uses the metaphor of of an indentured servant in the house to illustrate his point. And he says, Truly I say, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. But if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You know, in that day, as, a, as an indentured servant in the house, he couldn't set himself free. Jesus says, listen, I'm the son, I'm the heir of the house. You might not be here forever, but I'm here forever. And in that day, if the heir of the house would set you free, you were free. Nobody else could put you in bondage. You were free indeed, totally and completely for the rest of your life. You were free. Jesus says, listen, I'm the son and I can set you free. And when I set you free, guess what? Yeah, you're free. You're free indeed. And First John says, not only does Jesus free us, from the slavery of sin, but then he makes us sons. Talk about being free. Not only, I'm no longer free as a slave to sin, but now I'm an heir to the house. Royal blood flows through my veins. The Spirit of God lives in me. I am free. Experience that freedom. Live in that freedom. You're a son in the house. Stop living as a slave to sin. Believe the truth. Know the truth. Continue in the truth. And experience the truth. You know, I would say that I love my wife, but I would behave toward her that I love myself. My actions didn't match my words. So what I really believed was I love myself. And I was in bondage to that. But when Jesus Christ set me free, I'm free indeed. Amen. Believe the truth. Continue in the truth. Know the truth. Experience the truth. You know, some important questions we could ask ourselves. Do, do my actions betray my beliefs in any area? Do you say one thing and then behave another? Are you living in freedom or in bondage this morning? I mean, do you believe the Bible is the source book of all truth, that it's God's Word? Do you? Well, if you do, how much time do you personally spend in God's Word? 
How important is God's Word to you? Do you allow the Word of God to change you? Or you just talk about what a great Word it is? What you behave is not what you say. It's what you behave. What you believe is not what you say. It's what you behave. Do you believe you should love one another as you love yourself? How, how often are you angry towards someone or apathetic towards someone or insensitive or critical or unloving towards someone? What does your behavior toward others say about how much you love them? Do you say love but behave something else? We could go on, but I think you get my point. July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence transformed this nation. Our founding fathers accepted their belief in freedom and they acted upon that belief. They felt that freedom was worth the fight. Freedom was worth their sacrifice. Jesus Christ declared our freedom with His life and His death and His resurrection. He believed that our freedom from eternal bondage and sin, of sin to eternal separation from God, He believed it was worth dying for. It was worth the fight. And Jesus acted on His love for you. Praise God. Aren't you glad that He put His behavior behind His words? Amen. We're free not just from the penalty of sin today, I mean in the future, but we're free from the power of sin today. I can be free from sin today. Jesus says the path to freedom is to believe the truth, continue in the truth, know the truth, and experience the truth. And you might say, Claude, you know, you make it sound so easy. Let me tell you, it's simple, but it's nowhere easy. You know, America is not a free nation today because we won the Revolutionary War. We're a free nation today because we fought for that freedom every day since. Continuing in the will of Jesus Christ can be a fierce struggle at times because the enemy, the world, your flesh doesn't want you to be free. It wants you to remain in the lies and in the bondage. It can be a struggle. But remember a couple, three things. One, you're not alone in the fight. You've got the Holy Spirit in you that's going to lead you in truth, dispelling those lies that lead to your bondage. And number two, you've got the Word of God. You've got the Word of God that can lead you in truth. And He wants to work that Word down into your life. And number three, just remember this, that living for Jesus is worth it. He's worth it. Are you truly born again this morning? Freedom starts right there. Has there been a time in your life where you've repented of your sin and you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, taking the punishment you deserve, accepting His work on the cross and believing that He rose from the dead and knowing that, that through His com com completed work, that's the only way you can have a relationship with Him and live for His glory? Are you born again this morning? Freedom starts right there. In just a minute, I'm going to be praying. And if you don't know Jesus personally this morning, as I'm praying, you can pray along with me to yourself. You just, just talk to Him like you would your best friend. Because guess what? He is. Yeah. 
You know, just tell Him you're sorry for your life of disobedience and your life of sin. And just ask Him to forgive you and fill you with His Spirit. And make the commitment today that you're going to believe His Word and you're going to obey His Word. If you don't know Him this morning. And if you're here and a follower of Jesus Christ struggling with some area of bondage in your life, you can be free. You can be free today. Jesus declares you free right now. Accept that your bondage is sin. Call it for what it is, sin. Repent and turn away from that sin. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome that sin. And then take active steps to behave the freedom you have in Jesus' name. Sin is your choice. It's your choice. You don't have to go there. You don't have to choose it. If you follow, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've got bondage in your life, as I pray, you know, just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the lies to you that are at the root of those bondage areas in your life and ask Him to give you truth that will destroy those lies. Ask Him to lead you to through truth in His Word that's going to destroy those lies that are in your heart. Ask Him to help you believe the truth and ask Him to help you to continue in the truth and know the truth and experience the truth so that you will actually be able to behave what you say. That your words and your actions will be from a heart of belief in Jesus Christ. Freedom. This can be your Independence Day. An Independence Day that's much greater than July 4th, 1776. And after, we, uh, after I pray, the worship team is going to come and they're going to sing a song that I asked them to sing this morning. And you'll get it when they start singing. But then when we take the offering, if, you're going to, if you pray with me while I'm praying, I'd like you to write on the flap of that celebration register that you've prayed. If you've prayed about a bondage area in your life if you're, or if you've prayed to find Jesus Christ this morning, I want you to communicate that with me because I want to join you in prayer this week. I'll get all those cards. And I'll see those things. And we can pray specifically with you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much. God, we thank you for this great nation that you've given us the opportunity to live in. Where we can gather in this room like we are right now. In freedom to worship you. We are free as a nation. We are free as a people. Lord, I thank you for that. But Lord, more than anything else, I thank you for the freedom that you give us as followers of Jesus Christ. That we no longer have to be in bondage to sin. We no longer have to be wrapped up in the chains of sin and slavery. But you've declared us free. And when you set us free, we can be free indeed. Lord, I pray if there are any in this room right now that don't know you, that in this moment they are giving their hearts and their lives to you. And Lord, if there are any in this room right now that are in bondage to some sin area in their life, a follower of Jesus Christ that's, that's got bondage in their lives, Lord, I pray you begin to reveal to them the, the lies that are behind that bondage and help them to believe the truth and live in freedom. Help us to live for your glory and your honor and your praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.